This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live Podcast. Real talk about talent acquisition, recruiting, sourcing, and hiring. With the godfather of sourcing. And now, welcome to Shally's Alley. With your host, the legend of legends, the big Bahumi, the salt in your shaker, Shally Steckerl. There's a relationship between the size of the talent pool and the amount of time, effort, or money, let's call that cost, that you need to spend in order to maximize your return on investment to reach that size of talent pool. In different jobs, different functions, even different industries, this curve, the relationship between the size of the talent pool and the cost in forms of time, effort, and money, takes a different path. I want to tell you a little bit about four of these paths. Visualize, if you can, this profile. The size of the talent pool gets bigger on the vertical axis. The farther up you go, the bigger the talent pool. In order to get to that bigger talent pool, you need to spend something, whether it's spend effort, spend time, spend money. Again, we'll call that cost. So as you go up, the talent pool gets bigger. And as you move to the right on the horizontal axis, the amount of cost, time, effort, money increases. There is a point at which you can't spend any more time, effort, or money. You've maxed out. And there is a point at which you can't have access to any more talent because you've reached the maximum size of the talent pool. So there's a maximum cost and a maximum size of talent pool. But not all the curves actually get to that. In this example that I want to share with you, this is the typical profile of recruiting for highly specialized technical talent. This is for IT, software, hardware, biomedical, pharmaceutical, very specialized technical talent, places where you might find people with PhDs or masters or advanced degrees, data science and things like that. Professionals in this field, researchers, scientists, etc., are very well represented with this curve. Taking our analogy of size as the vertical and cost as the horizontal, where would you think this curve goes? There's a limited population, so it's not like you can have access to more scientists if you spend more money. You could spend all the money in the world, and the number of scientists is finite. You're not going to be able to make any more. It takes time to put people through PhD programs and get the experience to do you know, the data analytics or the hardware, software, technology, whatever it is. But the path that this curve takes is almost diametrically opposed to the path of a different curve. And this is where knowing this is really important in calculating how much time and effort and money you're going to need to spend in order to maximize your return on investment. Because if you spend too much, then the size of the talent pool isn't going to increase. You're just going to end up spending more money and not increasing the available talent. And if you spend not enough and you're not quite there yet, you're not going to get the benefit of an increased talent pool, but you're still going to have spent a bunch of money. So basically, you wasted it. In this curve, it actually starts gradually growing to the right. So it's a very shallow curve. You can spend and spend and spend and not have access to this talent pool because it's costly to expand. These people are typically the most passive of candidates. They're not active job seekers. And they kind of know where they want to go when they switch jobs. 
I have a cousin who is a uh, biomedical researcher, and he knows three or four years ahead of what his next job is going to be. He's already been recruited and literally just has an offer waiting. He just got to finish the experiment that he's working on right now. So that's what I'm talking about. So there's a maximum, a small maximum size of the talent population. The point of inflection or where you benefit from the, the return on investment the most is about three quarters of the way on maximum effort, maximum time, maximum money. When all of a sudden you make a breakthrough and you become highly desirable to that population. And although they're passive candidates, they heard about you. They know about you. And when you reach out to the passive candidate, they respond, unlike the response that they would have to other recruiters. So you're reaching out to them just like everybody else. Maybe you're not reaching out any special way or any different way, but because you are who you are, the company that you are, and you've spent this time, effort, and money, they choose to respond to you when they wouldn't respond to anyone else. I've done this kind of recruiting. It's not easy. Just because you have the reputation doesn't mean they're going to respond. You still have to do a good job. But if you haven't spent the time, effort, and money, and you try to reach out to these people, they're just going to ignore your calls, your emails. They don't care because they've got their next job lined up four years out. They know who they're going to work with, and they're going to, they know where they're going to go, and they've even got their house picked out for when they relocate. So there's a certain point at which if you spend too much more time, effort, and money, you're just wasting money because the size of the talent pool isn't going to grow. That's a very different curve than, say, for example, this other curve, curve E in my diagram, if you download the article. But curve E is one that represents college recruiting. Regardless of the kind of degree, organizations hiring large amounts of graduates and postgraduates right out of college find that with a smaller, moderate, and fairly consistent investment, they can forge relationships with select educational institutions and recruit the top cream of the crop from each graduating class. So you don't want to spend a lot, and if you spend too much, it's not really going to give you any additional result. The best, the point of inflection is about a third of the way in time and effort when you've spent enough and you're consistent. The key here is that you've got a program and you're consistent. The, the school gets to know you. The students hear about you. People go to school and get close to graduating, and they're already talking about you, about your organization. In that environment, spending a moderate amount of time, cost, and effort has a big return on investment from that cream of the crop, but spending a lot more time and effort doesn't increase that ROI very much, and you're just throwing it away. This can also be not just universities, but it also happens when you are the city's most reputable employer, when you are the employer of choice. If it's Atlanta and you're Coca-Cola, this is your curve. You don't have to do a whole lot of recruiting. People want to work at Coca-Cola. Well, maybe not anymore, but whatever. You know, it's the, it's the brand, right? Another type of uh, recruiting is where, you know, lots of people normally would apply for the job. So you have a very high quality applicant pool and a very large one. This is still the same curve. Uh, corporate finance and accounting, marketing, HR, PR, legal, sales, those kinds of corporate HQ roles do really well with this if you happen to be the employer of choice. Again, if you're, you know, 
Pepsi and this is your hometown, you can hire people for your corporate headquarters fairly easy compared to someone else who's not their hometown or where they're not the employer of choice. So why am I telling you all this? Because I want you to think about where you are on that curve and where you need to go on that curve for the type of talent that you're recruiting because you can overspend or not spend enough. We talked about curve A and we talked about curve E that are almost opposite. But there's one curve that kind of goes right through the middle of both of those. In the diagram, this is curve D. Curve D represents a subset of continuously increasing talent pool, the more effort, time, and money that you spend. So the ROI on this one is kind of elongated, meaning that you're going to get a continuously increasing talent pool with a continuously increasing amount of time, effort, or money up to a certain degree. There comes a point at which you've accessed all of the talent that's available, and at that point, um, spending any more money isn't really going to you know, get you any further. You sort of maxed out on your, on your spend at that point. So you could continue spending, but it's not going to bring any more people in. These are some examples of where Curve D works. Blue-collar professions that require skilled technical functions, like um, maybe even a degree or something like that. Nurses, medical technicians, CAD operators, specific types of mechanics like aircraft mechanics. So another way to look at this is if you spent a lot more time and effort, you might as well open up a school and teach people aircraft mechanics. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to access any more talent because there are only a certain number of people graduating from these aircraft mechanic schools. And if you've pretty much carpeted the entire area, well, spending any more money isn't going to produce any more aircraft mechanics out of these schools unless you open a school and start putting people in there. So that's an example of a different kind of curve. What about medicine and law? What type of curve does that represent? Doctors and lawyers. In that one, the time, effort, and money that you spend early on in the process gives you a short burst in your ROI, but then to get to the bigger talent pool, you're only going to get small increments with huge investments of time, effort, and money. If you want to be able to recruit the top doctors, you're going to need to spend a ton of money in order to get the right people because they don't really move around a lot. So it gets expensive. And the same thing happens with other types of professions like that. It's not just doctors and, and lawyers. It can also represent... Um, an initial spike in the size of the talent pool with some small investment because these types of candidates are pretty much know, they know where they're going to go. They, they already want to work there. So an example of this would be, um, and this is kind of a funny story because it goes back to uh, almost like the little fish getting eaten by the big fish, getting eaten by the bigger fish, getting eaten by the bigger fish. You know that one? It's, it's, a, it's a meme that's used in a lot, of, uh, a lot of examples. So, you know, back in the day, when Microsoft was a startup, yes, that was a thing, they wanted to beat IBM because they're like, hey, we're the cool kids, we're the new kids, we're, gonna, we're not like IBM, they're the old, you know, they're the old guys, they're the gray students, we're the, we're the new, flexible, dynamic, up and coming, whatever, we're the hot stuff. So they wanted to beat IBM. 25 years later, 
they become IBM. And Google wants to beat Microsoft. Ten years later, they become Microsoft. And Facebook wants to beat Google. You see where I'm going with this? It's a cycle. Well, when you're the young, scrappy startup that wants to beat the big giant, this curve represents you. But when you become the big giant, that curve doesn't represent you. So even in the same industry, you actually shift curves. Because now that you're no longer the sexy startup everyone wants to work for, now that you're the old, you know, now that you're Google and everybody wants to work somewhere else because Google's now a big company and, you know, they're, they're now what Microsoft wanted to be when they didn't want to be IBM. Now you've got to fight for the talent like everybody else and you go back to curve A. So use this tool to figure out where you should be investing your time, effort, and money depending on the type of talent that you're trying to recruit so you don't overspend. Use your money wisely. That's just in time hiring. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com.